What's up, guys? Welcome into the Modern Christian Dads podcast. I'm Jeremiah Johnson alongside my co-host here, Kelly Stevens. Good afternoon. Welcome back into the show. You were a little sick there on us. I was, but I'm much better now. You made me go solo, but I, I made it through, I think so. Well, I was, I was here in spirit. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> hey, we are so glad that you're here on the Modern Christian Dads podcast. We hope to encourage you, entertain you, just lift you up a little bit, give you a good word from the Lord. So thank you for joining us. We're just talking new sports and God. That's where we're all, a couple dudes, right? That's right. So we're just going to dive right in it today. And, uh, you know, there's nothing more than I love than a great piece of steak. Oh, you know, now you're talking music to me. I love that. <laughs> and you're going to be an expert on this because you've worked in the restaurant industry a little bit. But let me digress just a moment. I grew up in Nebraska. I believe there's good beef. Uh, does Nebraska. Nebraska know anything about good beef? Does yes. good beef come from there? Nebraska yeah. beef is very good, but yes, I've lived. Yes. I've actually lived in the center of the country. I've lived on the West Coast, and I've lived on the East Coast. But I believe the best beef is no doubt in the heart of the Midwest. I would 100% agree with that. And the worst by far, West Coast, California. It was hard to get good beef out there, really. It's made with tofu. Something that's not good. I don't corn, whatever, but not good steak out there. I remember I had a guy in our church as a youth pastor at one time. He took his daughter to Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri, and he came back raving about the steaks that he ate every single day at Denny's of all places. At Denny's? Yeah, he was like, whoa, this steak. I'm like, there's better steak places than Denny's. Uh, anywhere. <laughs> but that's better. how bad yeah. the beef is <laughs> in the West Coast. And he thought Denny's steak was the most amazing thing. That oh, he's come on, brother. I need life. to educate you. <laughs> so, anyway, let's di dive into this. I found an article Eight Cheap Beef Cuts So Good You'll Swear Off Ribeye. Now, that actually is my favorite piece of steak, the ribeye. What's your I, favorite? Ribeye. It's got some of the best marbling through it, and that's where you get your flavor. All right, because you get that fat in there. You that's can't right. have a good piece of steak without some fat in there marbling. I like that. That's Never right. heard that. So here's what they're saying. All right, they give us a list here. Let's go through them. Let's get your take on this, Kelly. You're a restaurant guy. They they start off saying chuck steak, flat iron steak, chuck eye steak. Let's go through those three first. Are you agreeing with that? Disagreeing? Well, you know what? The, those are good, but they're not uh, they're not the choice cut. Okay. If you know what I mean. Uh but uh you if you know how to cook, you you can cook these and make these taste fantastic. And they'll be good. Yes. What's the how do you how do you do it? Uh with a lot of them it's uh slow cooking, putting sear on them first okay. and then slow cooking them a little bit, you know, and uh letting letting that uh, marbling in it uh kind of ooze out and break down in throughout the meat. Uh, that's that's where you get your good flavor. Okay, so what's the cheapest, best meat then that you can make? Because the one thing I know is you can't make a bad, a bad piece of meat taste good. No matter how you cook it, no matter what you slap on it, it's not a good piece of meat. Well, a, a lot of it is just due to the uh, the amount of uh, gristle or or uh, uh, skin that's going through it, uh, tendons that that will make it tough. Uh, obviously, uh, in in meat, if you have tough uh, cuts of meat like that the best way to cook it is always slow and long all right and then it had a petite tender tri-tip sirloin steak beef shank denver steaks merlot how does it is that pronounced correctly have you that, ever heard of that one uh, that one i had never heard of I, right. that was that was new to me 
Okay. So what's your so what's your your best piece of advice? If we can't afford the ribeye, <laughs> wife has cut the budget back on us a little bit. Well, what you do know, we get? I like the tri tip. Uh, okay. Matter of fact, uh, we used to uh, serve this at my dad's restaurant when it was uh, still open. It was steakhouse. It's he's since retired and sold the restaurant, uh, but uh, we used to uh, do a lot of the tri tip. Uh, and, and one of the better ways of fixing that was uh, b- butterflying it, cutting it in half and just kind of uh, folding it over to where it wasn't quite as thick. Uh, but uh, we always would uh, put a really good sear on it, uh, season it with, uh, with butter uh, and Lowry seasoning salt, just keeping it simple. Uh, and then the other big uh, tip that I can tell you, uh, and all these guys out there that want to order a steak well done, that's not that's not what you do, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Don't okay. order it well done. Yeah, uh, medium rare, medium at the at the most. Uh, and I know I'm going to get some flack from some of those guys. It's like, I don't want my meat raw, but, uh, right. cause uh, it the, continues, right. Isn't this a theory is even after it's cooked, it continues to cook. It, it will cook a, a half a degree to another degree higher okay. than just what, uh, what you just pulled it off of the, the plate. Uh, back in my restaurant days, <clears throat> When speed was of the essence, you wanted to get your uh, steak out. Sometimes we'd run a special uh, saying 10 minutes are free. Uh, that was a big promotion. Now, well, you, <laughs> okay. sure did, you didn't want to give, a, give it away. So uh, anyway, what we would do a lot of times is uh, cook it to a half a degree of what it was supposed to, what, what the customer had asked for, put it on a hot steel, and by the time it got out to the table, it would be the, the temp that they wanted it. Kelly, this is the most informed you've ever sounded on the show so far. You know what? Uh, I, I'm comfortable <laughs> talk, right here. <laughs> I'm just going to talk steak, which I would be fine with. You know, interesting, the tri-tip. Now, here's what's interesting for me. Tri-tip, I, they did that a lot in California. It was actually very expensive, mm-hmm. the tri, tri-tip, because it would always be like 12 to $14 for that piece. But I've never seen it in Nebraska. I've never seen that cut. I even yeah. asked a butcher one time. I said, you got any tri-tip? And he didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, m- most of your butchers are not going to, uh, they're going to take that stuff and they're going to put it into hamburger, you know, okay. just grind it up. Because, uh, you know, they're obviously going for the choice cuts. But it was amazing. A tri-tip is good. Oh, I That's love it. That's a good cut. Yeah. So we're excited. One day down the road, we'll very soon have our first modern Christian dad's barbecue. Oh, Let's do that today. (laughs) (laughs) Although it's raining outside. So there you go. Enjoy, you know, um, so what was the final conclusion there? The the best cheap, cheaper cut of steak outside of ribeye. I'm I'm, going to go with the tri-tip. Okay. The tri-tip. All right. There you go. All right. Moving on. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this one because we're not negative guys. I mean, we do, you know, poke fun at people a little bit here on the show every once in a while, but I thought this was very interesting. This article said why Christian movies are so Terrible. <laughs> it's a, uh, you know, it, there are, there, there, I would definitely say in the last five years, there's been some good Christian movies, well, you know, fireproof. And there's been some ones that are pretty good overall, but yet it seems that we struggle to still make solid blockbuster Christian movies. What's your take on that? Well, I, I you know, sometimes it's a, uh, it's the script, you know, the way it reads, I think. And then also not, they don't always use some of the best, uh, videography. I don't, I don't, you know, it just doesn't seem like that's budget. Always Maybe good. not have yeah. the big bucks of the guy, yeah. the big Hollywood stars yeah. have. I would say that, uh, uh, I can't think of the, the two brothers names that made like courageous and stuff. I think them guys have done a fantastic job yeah. and there's been some good movies that's come out, uh, uh, over the last year or two that uh, were 
maybe not Christian movies, but had a really good kind of Christian message to it. And those have been fantastic. You have a favorite Christian, quote unquote, Christian movie of all time? For me, yeah. it comes to like the fireproof guys, those guys yeah, the, the, facing the, the giants. Those those were uh, right up there around my favorites. Now, this one uh, will probably be a little bit controversial because there'll be somebody out there that is going to say, you're not a Christian. But uh, The Shack, I, I like. I love The Shack. I oh, like The point. Shack. Yeah, yes. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. I I probably put that number one on my list. There is the Avengers. Is that a Christian movie? No, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> anyway, no, but move. but check the message. <laughs> the message. <laughs> so anyway, but I think that's interesting. I hope I I do hope that they keep making more Christian movies. I think that probably the bottom line for me is that there's sometimes I want to just go laugh or have a good time. Yep. Or see a good action movie and it yes. tends to be the Christian movies are always kind of so serious and somber and emotional and right right sometimes I just want to see someone get punched in the face or yeah dudes do <laughs> not want to cry I don't want to go to a movie and cry so anyway but uh God bless all of our movie makers give them creativity and all those kind of things and so anyway all right moving on into some news that's happening in our neck of the woods we've actually talked about this before and I came across this article again but these are actual retailers that are closing the most stores in 2019 so we've talked about the whole online movement Amazon is just exploding day by day I even noticed if in our city have you noticed this there's a town called a city next to us called web city and right. if you go into the super walmart there they're doing the whole pickup amazon type feel you walk into that store there's this huge like uh conveyor tunnel have you seen this i haven't you, been in that you store go yet. into that store you walk into it and then you hit a button like or enter in the product that you ordered online and it's like and it comes pop through this giant portal thing. And How it much did like, we pay for those sound yeah, effects? I mean, uh, we paid a lot for that. It looks we? like it comes up. You don't know. Does it? Is it coming through the ceiling or <laughs> is it through the ground? But I guess it's this like giant tube where all the orders are stuffed in there for the day, and it like magically comes to you. It's really cool. You Seriously, gotta go check. wow. Yes. Yeah. We don't have it here in our city, but in the next door. So anyway, all that to say, online movement once again is just exploding day by day by day, which means. Now all these retailer, uh, retailers, stores are coming to a close. So this had a list of like 20. I'm just going to highlight a few. The first one was Target, closing six stores of their total 1,822 stores. Target announced in October 2018 plans to shutter, uh, shut, it says shutter in this article here, six underperforming locations in February 2019. Most closures will be in the Midwest. One will be in New York, another Memphis, Tennessee. However, Target closures will be more then offset by a total of 20 new locations. But Target's are very interesting because they've had a little bit of controversy, the bathrooms, et cetera. Exactly. Um, I, you know, just, just thinking about these stores, capitalism is, is fantastic. And, I, you know, it, it, with that, there's always uh, either going to have to grow, change, uh, do something different uh, because supply and demand, uh, customers, they demand certain yeah. things so uh you're always going to have to reinvent what's going on and i you know i don't think this is all bad i think this is uh healthy for for right. some of them <laughs> i put target on there just for fun because here's a story i want to tell about target unfortunately my life like many people is always consumed by super walmart and going to walmart's a story we have in our town as closest to my house i just go there but you know target have you ever seen the articles we, we don't have the audio or the video we do have the video version of the show but have you ever seen the articles of uh real life photos that happened in Walmart 
these crazy pictures of people in pajamas. And, yes, yes, and, and, and a lot of that's true. I, I it's used true. To, I used to work a, a asset security for Walmart several years ago, and uh, it's amazing what you see. So I would uh, every once in a while I would go into Target because you will notice the significant difference if you go into Target. It's like people smell nicer. Like women actually like brush their hair and put on makeup. It's very refreshing to walk into a Target every once in a while as opposed to, to Walmart. Try it sometime. And scientifically, you walk in there, you're like, wow, this is, this, why do people look so much nicer here? Like, oh, and, we just threw Walmart under the bus. Yeah, anyway, but I go there. I'll, I'm, sometimes I literally do not need to go to Walmart, and then I drive to the parking lot and park. And I'm like, I, I don't need to come here. Why? But you know, <laughs> it's just drawn. Yeah. So, uh, Lowe's is another one. Kmart is on there. How about Kmart and Shopco? Uh, like that seems like I haven't seen one of those for days. A Kmart I, and a Shopco. I, you know, I've been in a Kmart, uh, but a Shopco, I, I'd never heard of. Matter of fact, uh, just, uh, when I was reading over our, our, uh, list here, I had never heard of that store. Of which one? Shopco. Never heard of Shopco. Never, never. I think that's kind of a, well, I always assumed it to be kind of a Midwesty kind of store. It's kind of a Walmart, Kmart-ish well, type place. You know, I'm a dude, I, and I don't do much shopping. I like to hang out <laughs> in the woods and the creeks and the hills. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but the number one on the list was Jimboree, closing 900 of 900 stores Jimboree will be no more, Gone. which I'm grateful for that. I, I mean, kids are four years old. I guess they could still, I think Jimboree still sells clothes. But you ever been in this store before, Jimboree? <laughs> Never been This is Jimboree. one of these places where it's like they try to sell like cute kids T-shirts for like $35 with like cute kids cargo pants. And, and he will he will uh, yeah, grow and uh, be out of that in a week. Right. You know? It's ridiculous. It's for super rich people. And even it's like one of those stores where like the clearance section the shorts for like a little kid is still like $25 after the 75% off clearance. So unfortunately, Jim Marie, I'm kind of glad you're closing. Uh, well, <laughs> and and I, that kind of explains why they're closing. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> so anyway, stores are closing, new ones are opening, and Amazon continues to rule the entire world. World, world. Maybe was there a dude version of Amazon? It's probably too late to start that anyway. <laughs> but uh, next up on the list here for you, Kelly Stevens, I wondered if you hadn't seen this yet, but there is an all new 2020 Jeep Gladiator coming out. I have had my eyes open on this for a while. Okay, yes. it's been on your radar. Yes, it has been on my radar, and I'm I'm excited for it. That uh, you know when uh, when I got my Jeep, I was actually kind of weighing out should i get me a pickup should i get me a jeep but you know what just kind of an adventurous kind of guy I, I love to fish i love to hunt you know and i thought i gotta have a jeep but then i thought when i kill big game what am i gonna put right. it in you know <laughs> so anyway this is gonna answer that question answer your purse all right let's break it down here ever since the debut of the latest jeep wrangler last year there was rumors of a forthcoming pickup truck jeep has offered pickups in the past and there were even aftermarket adaptations of the previous generation wrangler however the debut of the 2020 jeep gladiator gladiator still came as a shock the jeep gladiator is essentially a wrangler pickup what do you have a Wrangler? I have a Wrangler. Yeah. All right. With the wheelbase stretched out to make room for the truck bed, the bed gives you the Jeep brand, an entrant, and the growing compact pickup truck lineup. So it's considered a compact pickup truck. And uh, so I 
Got a few highlights of what it'd be here. The Gladiator is powered by FCA's venerable 3.6 liter V6 used in the Ram 1500, Dodge Durango, and Jeep Grand Cherokee. It makes 285 horsepower and 260 pound feet of torque. Is that good? That is good. And that is fun. All right. I, so. I want that. So bottom line here, are you going to get it? Well, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, called Belinda today and uh, told her that uh, I've been reading up on it and that I want one, but uh, she just didn't see it in the cards. Okay. What, does, what year is yours? Mine's a 2014. 14. So, so you're yeah, almost yeah, I, I'm, I'm close. Yeah, I'm close to new, but I, I'm thinking <laughs> within the next couple years. Did you buy yours brand new? No. No. You didn't, okay, so you can let it come out year or two, maybe. Yeah. Let them work the bugs out of it, yeah. you know, and, and then uh, I'll, get, I'll let somebody else get tired of what they got, and then I'll <laughs> buy it from them. All right, fuel economy is 17 miles per gallon. In the city, 23 miles per gallon. On the highway, the Gladiator comes standard with a five-foot cargo bed. That's fantastic. You can toss a dead animal in five feet of cargo space. I can do it. <laughs> so anyway, there you go. I'm sure there's other great cars that are out there, but uh, the Jeep Gladiator. For you adventurous spirits. <laughs> I'm kind of my dream car, I think, as a mountain biker would be like the Subaru Outback. That's a great yep, mountainous that's, kind that's of a, that's a nice vehicle adventure yep. car. But anyway, all right, moving on. Now, I didn't print this off, but it was interesting. I didn't print off 50 photos, but I found this article and it was each state perfectly portrayed by one photograph. And so it's obviously meant to be humorous because uh, Nebraska was all corn and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So if you could now you grew up in Missouri. Yes. A native of Missouri. Yes. And that picture for them was like a monster truck school bus for whatever reason <laughs> a monster truck hillbilly school bus redneck yes what's that yeah. that picture of missouri for, that you have etched in your brain well for me etched because i grew up in the ozark hills and uh for me uh grew up turkey hunting great memories with my dad uh and my brother's turkey hunting and so i'm gonna have to say that picture would be a big old tom gobbler on top of a okay. ridge I think I find it funny, though, because, again, this is where I come into play, having lived in – I've lived in the Midwest. Okay, here's oh. the states I've lived in my life. I grew up in Nebraska. I went to Bible college in Minnesota. I had to do a quick internship kind of thing in Colorado. Then my first full-time job was California, South Dakota, and Utah. Did a quick you know, thing in South Carolina to here. So yeah. I've bounced around all over the place, but I've always found it so funny, the perceptions that people have – of areas that they've never lived in or been in before. Right. Yes, yes. So when I, um, you know, was moving to Minneapolis and, you know, obviously it's very cold there and things like that. But I guess when I first bounced over to California and I told people, Hey, I'm moving to California. Everyone thought I lived on the beach and, uh, Brad and Jennifer Aniston were, you know, like my neighbors, neighbors and yes, people yes. like that. And I just stroll onto Hollywood Boulevard and, you know, I had friends that'd be like, Hey, I should fly and we'll go to Disneyland this weekend. And I was like, dude, I'm 14 hours <laughs> from Disneyland. Have you seen a map of California? I'm at the top. Disneyland's at the bottom. Okay. That's a long stretch of space to go through, you know, so perceptions of that. But then when I lived in California, uh, and I'd go back to Nebraska, people would say, oh, so you're heading back east, huh? And I was like, well, I've never really 
I've never really perceived Nebraska as east before. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think uh, that's not what I think of when I talk about Nebraska, about going east. That We call that the Midwest, you know. And then uh, along with that, uh, people from California would say, hey, I'm, uh, you know, they one couple or family had one time went back to Missouri. Well, they just thought they were going to get randomly attacked by tornadoes, you know, just <laughs> driving through. It's like that's not how it works. You don't just there's not tornadoes like multiple times a day that just randomly attack you. You know, I mean, I grew up in Nebraska where there's tornadoes. I maybe heard sirens here and there, but you know, and obviously in Joplin, we had a huge tornado, but it's not like it's happens every other day. No, no, (laughs) there's not one lurking behind every corner. So I even had when I, when I was in South Carolina, I was talking to a guy that I'd worked with a little bit here and there. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm, I got a job as a pastor in, in uh, Southern Missouri and, uh, it's going to be awesome. Hey, I'm just being great being a friend with you. And he's like, oh, y'all heading up north, huh? I was like, well, I don't, I don't know that I consider Southern Missouri north, but, you know, so perceptions, it's hilarious the well, perceptions Well, how many have. of them thought that uh, you were coming down to, like, hillbilly, redneck, right, you know, right. uh, yeah. one, one tooth, everybody's named Bubba, you Yes, know? exactly. So it's just kind of funny. What's your state, where you live, or where you came from? What's the perception people have of that? Uh, And finally, we're going to get to Super Bowl talk before we encourage you spiritually. We had the great, we had some exciting football this last weekend. We had the Rams versus the Saints. Saints Mm -hmm. introvert uh, ended in mega controversy. Mega controversy. Mega controversy. And we had the Chiefs and the Patriots even ended in a little controversy there as well. And so it's going to be the Patriots versus the Rams. I predicted Chiefs Rams, but I got half right. Yeah. Well, you know. That was some of the most exciting football that I have watched in a long time. Uh, both games were just fantastic, down to the wire, on the edge of your seat, losing your voice kind of game. I It, it really – that Rams-Saints game, they, they, they cost the Saints the game. I, I totally believe that. I, I – I mean, they, they stole it from them just, just from that one call I or was, lack of call. I was listening huh. to the game on the radio, so I didn't get to see it because I was traveling to Kansas City. And so I finally got to a computer where I could watch the replays and stuff like that. And there's just – I don't see how you miss a call like that. Well, they were catching everything else. I don't, I don't understand how they didn't see and pass they, interference. They literally, literally altered history. I mean, I mean that call yes. – altered you and you can't change that you know and so it's just pretty unbelievable and even with the Patriots Tom Brady's back at it again he was clutch they did what they needed to do but even there towards the end he gets the roughing the passer uh quarterback roughing the quarterback call which he just kind of tapped him on the helmet maybe uh, (laughs) a little bit and I'm not and I wasn't rooting for the Patriots but you're like I don't know what they're seeing out there at certain times and places but it is going to be the Rams and the Patriots. What's your prediction? Your bold prediction? Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to go with Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> I, here's the thing I called with the Chiefs, though, is I knew Angie Reid. It was, all comes down to Andy Reid. He just can't win the big one for whatever reason. And I do. It's interesting with the Patriots. It seems like in their many Super Bowl wins, they've won it the years they, they, they weren't supposed to win it. Right. And the years they were supposed to win it, they either got there and didn't win it or right. like with the Randy Moss team for the right. Giants and some of those kind of things. I think this is a year where they didn't think or we thought they all – we all thought they weren't going to win it. That's right. Now they're going to win it again. I think so. I, you know, an experience, when you get at – I don't care what field you're in. When, when you get to that level of talent 
and you've been there before multiple times, that experience is going to bring you home. So that takes us into a little spiritual talk segue. I want to talk about little things, all right? So here's the argument. I was thinking so much about that Rams-Chiefs game and that blown call at the end, and everyone's like, it's, you know, it's, oh, if, if that call, we'd be in the Super Bowl. And there is a lot of validity to that. Right. But the argument could be made if you go and watch the Breeze the entirety of their game, they, they had a lot of bad coaching, a lot of bad decision-making. Right. And you could actually, at the end of that game, say, well, you could say it was that one play, but it really was a lot of other choices that led you to this defeat, not just the one missed call. That's exactly right. Well, and the other thing is, is when you're playing the game, game of life, whatever, every quarter counts. You, you can't play the first half and expect to coast on the second. You right. Know? It, it just doesn't work that way. It's the little things. You yes. know, I think we always think it's one big decision. It's one moment. But our life is a culmination of minutes and hours and days and decisions and weeks and years. And so anyway, I want to just touch on that a little bit, the little things. And a couple of scriptures, a few scriptures that popped out to me in terms of this, this idea and this thinking. The first one is Galatians 5, verse 7 to 9. It says, you were running the race well. Who has interfered and prevented you from obeying the truth? This deceptive persuasion is not from him who called you to freedom in Christ, a little leaven, a slight inclination to err, or a few false teachers leavens the whole batch. It perverts the concept of faith and misleads the church. It's exactly right. That's, I mean, we have to think about that as the church followers of Christ, that it's, it's one little mistruth. It's one little theological error. Those things that can creep into our spiritual lives and into our church. And before you know it, we're heading in the wrong direction. Right. I, you, you have to stay focused. The, uh, well, I think about Peter when he's stepping out of that boat and he took his eyes off of the Lord. It's those those things you think you think you're uh, messing up. You better focus back on the Lord. Now I can't remember if it was you telling me this. Uh, if you took off from L.A. on an airplane and you changed one degree, that wasn't me. That wasn't you. Okay. No. So I heard this illustration. If you took off from L.A. to New York, you know, had straight path there. If you altered course by just a slight degree, you would end up in like a completely different state or or city. I can't remember what it yeah. was, but you would end up being way off course, yeah. but it was just a slight adjustment in the wrong direction right. that would lead you in that direction. It's the little things. That's right. Uh, you know, and even you have to take, um, like if you're navigating by plane, you even have to take the crosswinds because the winds will blow you off course. So you constantly have to be doing that uh, course correction change. So I want to encourage you in your life of faith and in, in living out truth. And I think we're definitely in a day and an age where there's mistruth, uh, lies, false teaching, false doctrine. This is, it, it's a scary time to be a follower of Christ. That's right. And so we got to make sure we're, we stay on that course. Don't let the little things deter us. Next up, Matthew chapter 25, verse 23 says, his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a Little, I will put you in charge of many things. Share in the joy of your master. This speaks to a powerful spiritual truth that if we're faithful with little things, then God can give us more. That's right. That's right. I, you know, I've been a boss and I've also been an employee. And I, I know that uh, if you want to be successful at anything, 
Find out what it is that nobody else wants to do. Find out the, the something that's hard. Maybe it's a little more challenging or whatever, uh, and everybody avoids that particular position or job or task. Tell your boss that you want to take that on and focus on that and get that thing done. And I'm telling you, you will get favor yeah. uh, throughout uh, yep. that endeavor. Absolutely. And this goes back again to the game we just talked about, specifically the Patriots. Now, the Patriots, they don't have Antonio Brown. They don't have the big-name receivers. They don't have the big-name running backs. They just do all the little things right. correctly. Yeah. And that's what drives people crazy. I mean, the Chiefs are more talented than the Patriots. And I'm telling you, that quarterback – he is awesome. Right. He is awesome. He is, and he is, I don't think it's unreal. I don't think even a lot of professional analysts would argue that Mahomes isn't more talented than Brady in terms of athleticism, in terms of arm. It's just that from Brady to Belichick, from the front office to yeah. the water boy, they yeah. do all the little things right. Yes. And what does it produce? Championships. That's right. That's right. And I want to be a champion for Jesus. I absolutely do too. <laughs> so Lord, help us to do the little things in our spiritual life. Those are the things. And then when we're, we're, we're faithful with that, God can give us more. And I meet so many followers of Christ, Christians that, you know, they're always despising small things. They always want more. They want more blessings, but they're not faithful with what they have. So why would God give them more? That's right. Uh, what, when you're When you're taking care of what God's given you, uh, and not hiding it or trying to uh, protect it, uh, but just being laser focused on on him and the things that he's uh, provided for you or tasked you with, you will you will be successful. Yep. And finally, we get to Matthew chapter 13, 31 and 32. He gave them another parable to consider saying the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed it in his field and all the seeds planted in the region. It is the smallest. But when it is grown, it is the largest of the garden herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air find shelter in its branches. Little things. Little things. God little loves things. to take little things, small things, and make them into great things. And this really, this passage was speaking a lot about faith. Right. That if our faith is as small as a mustard seed, then we can believe God to do exceptionally Big large things. Yeah. things. That's right. Uh, I, I also want to just say that uh, if, if the little things are important to God, they ought to be important to us. And the little things uh, as men, uh, the little things to our, our children, grandchildren, um, and our wives, it's the little things of, of uh, surprising them with, with a, a little gift or a, a little I love you or a particular um, a movie. Uh, you hear, you just have yeah. to hear somebody say, I'd like to go to a movie. And then you surprise them and just take little things, <laughs> but Buffalo wild wings. Praise God. Well, who do you got for the Super Bowl? You got the Patriots, you got the Rams. I'm kind of pulling for the Rams, but probably the Patriots are going to win. But whether you like the Patriots or not, it's about the little things. It's about living correctly and rightly. Number one in truth that we don't let the little things take us away from living 
passionately and rightly and correctly in our faith walk with Christ. It's about being faithful with the little things that God has for us so that he can give us more things. It's about, you know, even if our faith seems small, about faithfully believing and trusting God in all areas of our life and so that he can do the impossible. I hope that you will be faithful in the little, little things and you can become spiritual champions maybe not physical champions like the Patriots, but spiritual champions in your faith walk with Christ. This is the Modern Christian Dads podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Amen. Modern Christian Dads, Modern Christian Dads, Modern Christian Dads, Modern Christian Dads, Dads, Dads.